0: Welcome to Shotgun Story, the podcast that has conversations with indie creators about music, meaning, and the point of it all, so that you may be inspired by the journeys of other artists who are doing it for themselves, and maybe gain a little more understanding as to why it matters quite so much that you keep creating. Vicky Jankiewicz has spent the last 15 years behind the scenes in the music industry and is one half of the dance floor damaging damsel DJ duo hashtag Soslow. <laughs>
1: and she's here with me Hi, thanks for having me Tori
0: Oh, thanks for chatting Laka Let's first start at the very beginning Okay How did you find your way into the music industry?
1: Well, I grew up in front of Bell Park, and let me tell you, I just always knew that's not where I'm going to be one day. <laughs> and then I got the opportunity to study at Stellenbosch. I actually went to Tiki's first, because I knew they had a cool radio station, right, Tix FM. Mm. So I was like, oh, I'm going to work at Tix FM one day. And then I went to st- and Sally's, and I was like, wow, this is so beautiful, and um. My best friend's dad, he said, but Vicky, they have a radio station here too. And I was like, no way. And it was MFM. And I was like, yeah, I'm stoked. And then my mom was like, no, but you have to go to like Booker or somewhere close by. And I was like, nope, see ya. So then I went to Stellenbosch and I immediately applied when they were taking in presenters. And I like trained in my first two months and then I was on air. Um, at 3am, 4am in the mornings, um, for about six months. And then I moved up. I was a a full-time DJ, probably my second year at MFM, um, until my last, I was there for five years. And during that time, I also had other jobs because I was, um, working my way through Varsity, yeah, one of my jobs was like working at aunt class and I used to look after the bands because of my radio thing. So they made me look after the bands. So I got to know all the bands and I'm very good at networking. And then I started writing reviews for Cape Town Music Scene, which was an online blog with Jakub Bro, And that was a lot of fun. And then I had to move. I got an opportunity to work um, at Jacaranda FM at an internship and at Vow FM, which is um, Voice of Wits. And I took it with both hands and I was like, I'm moving. I'm so sorry, I Kept Town music scene. And then Yaku was like, bro, we're SA music scene. <laughs> and I was just very lucky because I knew a lot of people at MCAR back in the day. Um, so I went to their events. And because I knew the, some of the bands and the Cape Townian bands that came to play. Yeah, I was just probably lucky. And then, yeah, me and my bestie. How far should I take this now? <laughs> Where do I stop? <laughs> Tell me. Well, I feel I mean, like I'm talking the whole time. No, and that's the point.
0: They're yeah. definitely not interested in me talking. <laughs> I'm definitely not interested in me talking. obi though.
1: You, had a, you oh, played yes. a, a little role there. No, for sure. My, my So, well, Alma Smith, who was at MFM, asked me, what would be your dream job? Because I was like, I don't know if radio would be my dream job to be on air. Like, maybe behind the scenes, but... And then she was like, okay, but what would be your dream job? And I was like, I want to work for Upikopi one day. And I was still young. I haven't been to an Upikopi. My first Upikopi was only in 2011 while I was still studying. My final year, I came on a bus. (laughs) And, um, yeah, and somebody peed on me. Like no. (laughs) In the bus or at the festival? at, At Upikopi, we just got there. We set up our tents in the dark. And I was standing in the queue um in Mordor and like my ex from large school from primary school he came up to me and was like hey how are you doing and I'm like great and this girl very drunk like already night one you know she comes up to me she's like is this the key for the bathroom and I was like yes because I was right at the end and she she just she pulled down her pants and just started (gasps) peeing while I was talking to my ex and me and him were laughing and I'm like, well, welcome to Upikopi. But anyway, so yeah, the first two years I went as media to Upikopi because then obviously I moved and then I, in 2012, I was um, also at Upikopi. And then Nickel van den Berg, mm. he approached me because I did like some bar work for him in 2012. And then in 2013, he was like, would you want to do merch at Upi Copy?" And that's how I met Natasha from Inner City Inc., Yeah, I worked merch and I, then the year after that, I was media again, because I was like, merch is a lot of work. Media has way more fun, you know. Mm. Then the year after that, Natasha was like, you have to take over the whole merch tent. I can't be there. Like, I trust you. I'm like, who are you even? And then I was running it. And then for a few years, I was doing the merch at Upikopi. And then I moved on and I was um, doing the social media with a fantastic team. And yeah, a lot of creative work came from that and yeah, I still have the logins. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful actually. Yeah. Um but you're still doing it? Um you not as much as I want to. I have clients that I help mm. and I um help some bands out. But uh yeah, I used to do it like heavily in let's say twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. When I went full time freelance, mm. I was totally working in merch. But now, yeah, that's just something I do on the side. And
0: now, your current musical project, hashtag Lowell, How did that happen?
1: Okay, so me and Catherine were going to festivals and stuff, and we were at Millipop, and we were dancing at like the top bar, not in the Rave Cave. And there was like DJs that we know playing, and they were cool, but like every th- third song was like why did they stop like the dancey vibe, you know? And then we were like, no, man, we should totally start DJing together. Cause I was already by then, obviously she is a real DJ. And I was um, already just playing, at Good Luck Bar, mm. like after the bands and people stayed on and then Gareth and Nicole were like, well, we need somebody to play music. Vicky, you play music. And I was like, yeah, sure. So then um, me and Catherine were like, we could totally DJ together and we could be cool and we can dress up and we, you know, we can play weddings and flip bar mitzvahs, anything, you know, and that's what we're doing now. Like we used to play opi kopi, we, um we've played... For François van Koukenfriende in mm. front of 10,000 people. Wow. Which is really crazy. We've played uh, wild corporate events that are like a weekend away with their best mates, you know, and then mm. we play every night. We have did so many weird, cool things. Yeah, it's very fun. So, Catherine Grenfell, that's yes. your other half yes for sure not in that way but um we're 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 tight friends she's amazing she's um I mean I grew up listening to her on 5FM and I was like always like oh my gosh this woman is so cool you know a radio DJ and she does all the cool stuff you know goes on to Kilimanjaro what the hell and then when I met her years ago I was a bit starstruck and then she, she's just such an easy, approachable person. And I mean, anybody that's ever worked with her or met her or whatever knows this. And yeah, we just, I don't know how we became friends. But, you know, now we, we used to drink a lot together and now we don't. <laughs> we, we share like life advice and like, you know, what are you doing for your health and stuff like that. So we're quite boring old tunnies now. But I think we'll DJ together until we're really old tunnies, you know. I
0: really hope so. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you started, I think, answering maybe the next question, which is three to five highlights of your music career so far.
1: Sure. I think when Opikopi asked us to play at the top bar the one year, we, it was the year I broke my, my leg six weeks before Opikopi. And all I could think of was obviously I was working at Opikopi in another capacity, but also we have, we had lined up a friend to follow our Opikopi experience for the whole weekend, mm. Keith. So he was following us with cameras and we were doing interviews with people and we were doing fun stuff that you can do at Opikopi. And I was working and we would play every night. We would close Top Bar, which was from like, I think the band stopped like at 1 or 2 until 6 a.m. No, at 12. They stopped at 12 and then we played until 6 a.m. for three nights in a row. I mean, that was an amazing experience because I was always the person dancing till 6 a.m. with all the Upikopi staff, basically, back in the day when it was DJ Bob and his friends. Mm -hmm. So it was so cool to be that person in the end you know like to be the person playing the music and then um that is a highlight then obviously Franz van Kuyk and friende um it was the year before COVID. that was very cool like it was in Pretoria. we're doing it again this year um it's happening and then he uh, france van Kuyk and friende we're playing again this year at the sun arena on the 18th of August it's always on Catherine's birthday and that's always fun I mean it's so weird DJing like it's only a half hour on the main stage and then we do the after party but it's 10,000 people in front of you and you can't even see faces you know what I mean you're just like and then because you're DJs you just stand there but it's such a massive stage so last time I took Catherine's hand and I was like let's go run to the other side you know so we're probably going to do that again this year. And yo, another one, I don't know, like, that. I think that millipop where we got booked to play for the first time. Oh, Okay, well, yeah, that's most where we started thinking we wanted to be DJs or whatever. Um, That year it rained out, so we couldn't actually play a set. But our first official show as hashtag Yere Yessis, because that was our DJ name back then, was at the Good Luck Bar. And Gareth invited us and there were a few other cool ba- uh, DJs like Nick Hammond and stuff. And there were so many people and we were on stage for like two seconds <laughs> and the whole stage fell because <gasps> I was dancing too much and it wasn't stable. Like, so the whole our equipment and everything fell. Then this girl, she was acting like she broke her foot because the stuff fell on her. And it wasn't true, whatever. And her friends were like, turn the music down. And Gareth came and he was like, you do not turn the music down. (laughs) We've got this sorted. The ambulance is coming. Don't listen to this guy. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then we, so we ended our set. Then it was Nick Hammond. And then Gareth came back to us and he was like, listen, people are asking for you guys to play again. So will you play after Nick Hammond? And we were like, sure. And I think we we DJed till like 3 a.m. And that's, Our wild nights were like that, you know, like we still, we always say, you know, we, if we get booked or whatever, we, we're always people that will, we've played at weddings until 3am or 4am. We, we play until the party's done, you know, Mm. if you booked us and you wanted a good time and that was your vibe, that is our vibe to you, you know? So you're based here in Joburg. Yeah. And obviously I'm sure you're prepared to travel. Yeah, sure. We've been to Cape Town many times. We're going again now for Silvashkaram Fairs. That was also a highlight. Um, last year was our first time. I always said, oh, I want to DJ at Silvashkaram Fairs. And now we're going back again this year, which is always a fun party. And yeah, we, I don't know, like we've been to weird weddings in Mapumalanga or in Limpopo. We haven't been further than that,
0: mm. you know. And know. Let's talk Joburg for a moment. Yeah. I know we discussed it beforehand that you guys don't make music yourselves. No, no, no. You play other people's music. Yes. So I think you're au fait with the music scene here in Joburg. What's it like? What what does it look like at the moment?
1: Quiet. (laughs) No, I'm joking. Well,
0: I mean. I don't think you're joking. That is my experience as well. It is very quiet.
1: There's like weird places that people can play at on a Sunday afternoon. Then, okay, there's like, um, uh, Irish has a venue, which is quite nice. The sound is horrible there sometimes, mm-hmm. though. I know that. <laughs> but I still go and support, you know, yeah. like, uh, I have actually missed this weekend. Um, There are a few places like the Malkeray that do things. Mm-hmm. Um, Then... Obviously, Sonage has like amazing sound, amazing features, but it must be a, for a big show because mm. you can't do a little acoustic show there. Yeah. Um, and also, you. Uh, I, what I've also I've have been so angry at artists. There was like this group of Pretoria people two years ago, and they did or last year maybe they did like this tour, and one of their stops was Joburg, mm. and it was a, quite a good lineup, but they didn't promote it at all, and like five people were there, you <gasps> know, and I was no. like for that. Massive venue Like obviously They were even like Angry at themselves And I was just like Wow You know You're doing Mm -hmm. a cool thing Like you guys are awesome Why did this happen You know I I feel it's a It's an issue For music venues Because obviously Good Luck Bar Was such a great spot Mm. I mean House Kitchen Also closed down And they Used to also have Monthly Music events Or Sundays And stuff And I don't feel Pretoria is any better Hey like Arcade Empire is gone. of Bar doesn't have l- many live music evenings anymore. Um, they do a lot of stuff of Loftus, Vashvalt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I really wish we could get a better venue. But anyway, Park um, Acoustics is still running. Yeah. Not every month, though, I think. They also, like, a little bit less. And then there's, like, events, like Capital Craft. You must, like, now you must be part of an event or something Mm. to get out there. And music isn't always the number one priority. Like, it will be a beer festival or a gin festival. And then there's, like, background music. You know, like, at the two convention this year, it wasn't Joe Book for the first time. And they also booked, like, two bands a day. It wasn't, like, people didn't come for the music, Mm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a weird thing. And what's the fix for it? Do you have suggestions or thoughts? I don't know. I feel like the other problem we have in the scene is we're booking the same people Mm. at every show because they are the ones still making music. But I feel like where are the new peeps, you know? Like, I feel like there's no opportunity for them, so they don't want to do shows because who's going to go? You know? I think there's so many issues that we have in that regard where are the big festivals <laughs> are they ever gonna come back you know I would love if somebody phoned me and told me we need to make a post about Oopi this year you know or something oh, like that that'd be amazing I know it would be great and I mean but um obviously there are festivals doing great things like Millie is still going strong Misty Waters does their thing you uh, and a
0: couple of new festivals. And yeah. I mean, Galpalooza is the next one on the scene. Yes,
1: it's over Women's Day. Um, so, our friend Jolene, oh, Jolene East, she's the best. Yeah, she does her own thing. Hey, she's like a solo artist and the honeymooners with her husband. Um, and they're having that amazing event as well with an all girl lineup. And other things like tarot card readings and massages and everybody's welcome. And the nice thing about Tour Fontaine is you can book to sleep over. And if you have the urge in you to camp, you can because there's a whole space for that too. So it's a nice sleepover event from the 8th to the 9th. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, you know. And I'm very excited to see. Because then there's artists on that lineup that I haven't seen in a very long time, you know. Yep, Like... And that's awesome because they don't get booked. <laughs> and to be honest, artists, I have never seen play live as oh, well. Yeah. yeah, you're
0: right. It's exciting. It's it's new and it's fresh. And I'm hoping that it'll continue annually.
1: Yes. Well, it is over her birthday and also over their, um, their anniversary.
0: <laughs> and also over the time that Opikopi used to be yes, every year. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, It's a hard one to crack because that is a perfect weekend. This year it's right in the middle of the week. Mm. But it's still like a lot of events happen over that time.
0: So that's the thing. There's also competition for events. Yeah. And um, audiences have to make decisions about who they're going to see and what they're going to see. And and because of the immigration and semigration rates in Johannesburg, I think, I think that's part of our challenge. We've lost a lot of our audiences.
1: Yeah. I feel like also promoters do everything over the, like, payday weekends. Like this weekend alone that just was passed, you know. Like so many weekends mm. that our payday weekends are so full. Like there's five, six events that you want to attend. And then... You like, can't. You can't. Mm-hmm. Or you've already made plans or you just decide, yo, it's really like a cold front, guys. I'm not going anywhere, you know? <laughs> or you don't
0: have the money to, even though it's payday weekend. Yeah, how many things on. can you support in a
1: weekend? Exactly. So it's a lot of pressure around that as well. I feel like promoters should be, there was a good synergy back in the day where promoters would give each other chance, you know? They would be like, we're doing this event with this artist over this weekend they can do another event the weekend after maybe but we're not in competition we're not trying to go for the same crowds Mm. over the same weekends Mm. you know completely it's it just makes it a bit easier
0: yeah oh okay so we're talking about challenges as a woman in a very male dominated industry have you noticed any gender bias
1: Yeah, for sure. So (laughs) I'm always, because I know a lot of promoters and stuff, whenever I see they have no females on the lineup, I always message them and I tell them, cease, man. No, where's the girls? Don't say there aren't people that are women that are not playing, you know, like that are not irrelevant or not relevant at the moment or whatever. And then I always tell them, you know, we're two girls. We can also MC. Like I try to sell us for this, but unfortunately – yeah, it's always, it's a bit, like, I've I've stopped doing that because I'm also like, we can't be the only, people can't just get the two DJs to play music in between sets or mm. music right at the end. And then they're like, oh, don't worry, we've got two girls on the lineup. Because that's not fair. But, I mean, even there's a big festival happening, a one-day festival happening in Cape Town and Pretoria in the coming months and I'm very excited for them to be back and everything but there's not one woman on the lineup there Mm. either you know I think maybe in Cape Town there's one lead singer of a band but that's it like and I'm always like wow uh, I know I hear you that you're saying there's not enough especially if it's like for a niche thing Mm. like if it's alternative or whatever but I do feel you can make a plan you know, there's so many artists out there. We can go look for peeps or you can, like, especially if you're bringing internationals, I feel like you're doing so much moita for the internationals, you know, mm. go, going all out for the internationals, probably taking them on a safari or something, you know. But what about supporting this local scene, mm. you know? And it's not fair to just have, like, guys on a lineup anymore. And now we have to make, like, weird women's day shows where actually the woman would have liked to just done nothing on the couch, but now we have to perform, you know? (laughs) What do you think is the way to build an audience? Best way? I don't know anymore. It's so hard. It used to be easy. It used to be, like... Go ask Hank and go ask Gareth to be on the lineup for Park Acoustics and for Upikopi, And, you know, 20, 20 million, 20,000 people will come and they might be a bit drunk, but they might see you there on the stage on the morning or in the afternoon and be like, hey, who's that? You yeah. know, um, it used to be like that. It used to be a way more of a word of mouth thing. I think... Now, if you make your own music, it's very important to be on Spotify. I mean, Spotify is also doing amazing things. Like, they've got a fantastic team. Like, I, I've met some of the people that work on it, and I know some of the people that work on Spotify. And I just feel like it was one of the things that we needed in South Africa to mm-hmm. finally be here. And now that they're also creating events and stuff, and making Spotify a more tangible thing than just an app on your phone, that also helps a lot. Um, and I think you have to, like, I know they support artists as well. You know, mm. I've I've worked on a launch with von Pletsen where they were supported by Spotify. So I think there is, like, a whole thing where Spotify is trying to do more because um, they know people are listening to online. They know people are, you know, following algorithms. They know all about those things. Mm. Uh, like, and because there's not enough events and stuff – I mean, you can hoi your bio and your music set and everything into an email and contact everybody and spam them and be like, hey, please let me play your show. But I mean, it, yeah, that, that's competing with 10,000 other people doing the same thing, you totally. know. And that's why I think that promoters are just going and asking their friends you know not that I, i'm i'm obviously also included in that like i've played many things just because i'm a friend you know i've played many 100 rand shows, or just bar tab (laughs) shows. (laughs) Not really. Catherine would kill me, but not really. Like, I never play for 100 rand, but I've played a bar tab show because I'm a friend, you know, and I'm like, oh, that would be cool. Or, yes, please, I would like to be in the scene, Mm. you know. Or, we just want to get our name out there. We'll play for two beers and a water, you know. But, yeah, I think it's different when you make your own music. Um, it gets way more complicated, especially if it's like one of your main sources of income. You know, like we do this for fun. Um, It's not our number one priority. We love doing it and we have a lot of fun. And I think we'll continue doing it until it's not fun anymore. But some people live, you know, on music, on creating Mm. their lyrics and music and playing. And, you know, live shows is like, a different high for them you know mm. if they see people there, like for me it's amazing to see people and dance and have fun but i mean i know they're not really listening to my personal lyrics or music you know so mm. that's a whole different ball game but yeah i don't know what's the solution
0: don't ask me all questions
1: <laughs> <laughs> i suppose if there was
0: a solution an easy solution we would have done it by now
1: yeah for sure it's I mean, people are also only doing what they can because obviously they also want to get feet through the door. Mm -hmm. So they book good artists or popular artists, you know, they don't want to gamble. So they're like, oh, I am aware of this artist, but, you know, I'd rather get somebody that has this many people following them on TikTok or listening to them on Spotify monthly or whatever because I know that will sell a ticket or two because yeah. that's also a big challenge, you know, and you can't, you can't put up a festival or whatever and you have this great overhead because you also booked like the big bands of South Africa and then, then you have to turn down the smaller guys, your mm-hmm. opening acts or whatever you want to call them, you know, and you have to be like stingy with that. But I feel that's so unfair, you know, and I also feel like Millipop realized that, Two years ago, they stopped getting like big, big names Mm. and they started getting a lot more DJs and a lot more people that you didn't really know just because they were like, it helps so that the festival can stay small and doesn't have to grow beyond this many people, Mm. which is also one of the niche things. People like to come to Mulepob because it's not overcrowded. It's a lovely place to camp. You don't have to listen to music. You can do other things too. But, you know, there was like this whole thing about are we going to grow bigger or are we going to keep it a bit smaller, but then also not pay so much for the big acts? Because to be honest, a big act, like, do will they really bring in as much feet, you yeah. know, especially if they do other stuff on their sides, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, having... Just, I was working on Blood Brothers, for instance, and we could never get 10,000 people at Blood Brothers, but we had all the cool artists on that lineup, yeah. you know, all the front men, or all the musicians, everybody that made out that band, every year it was different, and we could never get 10,000 people at a show, but Franz Van Gogh can do that yeah, with his jummies. you know what I mean? And then you have to think about it and be like, Where are we going wrong here
0: (laughs) Completely I suppose for me that's one of the reasons That this podcast exists Is to have these conversations So we can begin the dialogue There's got to be some kind of solution But anyway we're not going to figure it out In this brief podcast No we
1: could speak about this forever
0: We could But what I would like to ask you Is for a piece of advice For young indie creators Or your 15 year old self (laughs)
1: well, wow. <laughs> I would have told my 15-year-old self never to stop playing. Like I was playing piano and I really loved it when I was younger. But then I had other hobbies and I told my mom, I can't possibly do piano and this. And not that I would have made millions of my piano skills. I'm not saying that either. And I was also, I tried a guitar because everybody wanted to be a Zoid back in the day, right? 100%. Um, I tried a guitar and I was like, oh. This is never going to happen for me. My mom wanted me to be a singer. I'm very, I'll tell my 15-year-old, I'm so happy you didn't pursue a career in just music. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. I mean, you didn't become a doctor or a lawyer, so what the hell, but thank goodness for that. But I do believe, and I see this, I work in corporate as well in a day job, and the other day I was at a women's event, weirdly enough. I mean, it is that time of the year. And one of, like, somebody that I really, like, love in the corporate world, she speaks at a lot of things. Her name is Taki. She said we should stop focusing on people sitting in front of desks and people who had the opportunity to study and start looking at people who are arty and who are doing things with their hands, making music, being artists, you know, painting, painting, doing like different, like we need to focus more on the people in the arts. And I was like, "Uh, I'm going to live tweet this because that's my job, but I really hope that people see it and that they start applying it too. Because I really think that that's one of the things that got us all through COVID Mm. and not even all of us made it, you know, but I mean, that helped a lot of people. And it's, it's something we take for granted. And it's always the first thing that gets cut out of the budget, Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, I can't buy this ticket because I'm already going to this thing. You know, so I'm rather not gonna buy entrance to this thing because, oh, whatever. You know, stuff like that. You you do that. You always say no to supporting art, of various ways, and that's just how the world is. You know, like entertainment and all that stuff falls away when you need bread and butter. And I feel like that's also a big thing. I have another job well I used to and it's it's a fast food chain and in the past few years I see how they have decreased in numbers people mm. aren't doing that anymore because you know and I mean that's that's fast food you would think wow it's easily accessible people are staying home more all those things mm. but people are cutting down in a big way yeah and so somehow I don't, I don't know what's the soul for it but yeah I would say keep on keeping on girl <laughs> But don't make music for live living. That's a stupid idea.
0: <laughs> I love it. Local musical hero, dead or alive?
1: Local? Oh, okay. Well I've got many because I've also worked with a lot of people that I really like. I mean, when I was young, um, I loved Karen Zoid, obviously. And then I, I got the opportunity to work with her a few years ago um, on her show, Republic van Zoid Africa and also doing her merch for a few years. So I really, I was stoked to be that person or whatever. But local music superhero of mine, which I really love, Mango Groove, Claire mm. Johnson. Mm. Yes. I have the biggest ma- uh, woman crush on her ever. And she's also the nicest flippin' person. And, I mean, she remembers me from, like, we did a live show with her for CakeNet a few years ago. And that's when I met her. And I was like, oh, it's too much, you know. And I I never get starstruck like that. But with her, I was. And she still, when she sees me, she still greets me. She follows me on Instagram. She likes my posts, you know. (laughs) I feel so flippin' special because all I wanted to be was a flippin' mango groove. Claire Johnson. when I was younger that was my dream I just wanted to be blonde like her you know when I was small and another one is definitely Henry Engelbracht he was a friend of mine uh he <laughs> it was a weird thing because when he started taking photos um I remember I still cucked him out and I dissed him and I told him hey who are you what what are you doing at Park Acoustics? just because you've got a camera you can't just start here and you're standing in front of my photographer who was Christelle for SA music scene back then I was like no man you can't do this also we're black like why are you wearing the screener piece what's going on (laughs) anyway and then you know I was like a bit like eye roll irritated and then he started talking to me and we became such good friends and later on, you know, we would be each other as well. Later on, I wouldn't be in the music scene as much, but he would be. He would then still exchange his plus one invite to me or stuff like that. We used to work together as a team at Opikopi. Like, there were so many things that we did together. And also on a personal level, he was a, a fantastic friend. But what he did and how he made artists feel, I've like, and I mean, there's a lot of photographers out there that do amazing things like Cristal and... But what Henry did was he he was capable to make people feel like even bigger rock stars than they were. And later on in his career, although he wasn't doing this for a full-time job either, but later on in his career, big bands and people who had funds appreciated this and did pay him, you know. But that didn't take away that he would still go to any festival or any event and do it for free for people too, you yeah. know. Like, I mean, one of his last... Big shows was like for Bungazimwe Mabandla, and he saw see you know. And I mean, even the small DJs, like even Sas Lol has a few amazing pictures that Henry took, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and you have those memories forever, like, yeah. Even when you're old one day, you can look back at it and be like, ah, so that's my two heroes, man. So
0: my favorite photos of myself were taken by Henry.
1: Yeah, you see, I'm very spate that I never asked him to take, like, professional pictures of me. Because that would have been cool. <laughs> that would have been cool.
0: So as we run to the end of the episode, two last questions. One, a social media link for hashtag Sozlol. Only one that people can find out where you're playing, what you're doing.
1: We don't have that. So it's it's very ironic, but um, yeah, I'll give you my email address. Now I'm joking. I will never do that. But um, no, what what happened was we, well, I work in social media, right? So you would think, but um, I was like, No, we'll promote this from our individual pages. You know, we've got Mm -hmm. a cumulatively, I mean, Catherine is obviously a bigger superstar. So she's got a lot of many likes and followers and stuff. So, but I was like, no, let's just promote it from our own pages whenever we play or whatever. And let's not have, we have the hashtag and the hashtag can lead people to us, Mm -hmm. you know. So we don't have a Facebook page and I don't think we'll ever have one. So
0: a social media link to your personal page then, Instagram or Facebook, which is better yeah, for
1: you? I'm just Vicky underscore J-K-W-I-C-Z. And obviously Kath is Kath Grenfell. And that's us. You can find us anywhere. If you really want us to come and join at your party, at your bar mitzvah, at your child's bar mitzvah. Oh my God, we're getting so old. <laughs> <laughs> and what song by what band are we going to play this
0: episode out with?
1: So... I asked the independent band because I've been friends with these guys and it's probably one of the bands that I've watched the most in my life, including the Black at Bones. So between Hellcats and the Black at Bones, I've seen them the most live and I miss watching Hellcats live. So I asked them if I can have one of their tunes. So yeah, that's that's what we're playing out of because Hellcats are awesome yay thank you for chatting this has been so fun thanks this has been a trip down memory lane and stuff it was awesome thank you for having me
0: and oh my gosh thank you for the most delicious lunch yay Vicky made me lunch I I feel so lucky (laughs) (laughs) she does she's a win cheers if you are an independent artist whose passion for what you do can inspire or fuel others get in touch I'd love to chat You can find me on ShotgunTory.com. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.